You are listening to the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network, presented by Walmart. Marshall, Will, and Holly on the routine expedition met the greatest earthquake ever known. Growing up as a kid, every Saturday morning, my brother and I were glued to our television as we watched a full slate of Saturday morning cartoons. From the Super Friends to Scooby-Doo, we lived for Saturday mornings. Hey, hey, hey! It's Bud Albert! HR, pop and step, push your bend when things get rough. And like a woman that's dying to go. There are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. And it would have been mine if it hadn't been to those meddling kids. To those meddling kids. In fact, every fall, when TV Guide came out with the new season of television shows, we'd go through and circle the shows we planned to watch. You know like when you go to a big national expo with a full day worth of seminars and classes, and you take time before the event to determine which seminars you plan to attend? That's pretty much what we did with the TV Guide that came out with those new seasons of shows. From about 6 a.m. to bedtime, we had our entire day planned. But hold up, I wonder if I even need to describe what TV Guide is. Just in case you're not sure, once upon a time, there were only about a dozen or so channels on television. And you had to show up at the appointed time in order to watch a particular show. And there was this small weekly magazine called TV Guide that would list all the shows in their respective times and channels. You've probably seen some at garage sales or antique shops. Nowadays, the number of shows on Netflix alone probably rivals what was listed in TV Guide back in the day. Now, one popular series we watched every Saturday morning was Schoolhouse Rock. These were short animated lessons that would play in between shows during the commercial breaks. With a catchy tune and funny animations, little kids all over the country learned about math, science, English, and history. In 1787, untold our founding fathers did agree. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Mother necessity with her good intentions. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. I'm not going to lie. Seeing and hearing those old schoolhouse rock videos was very nostalgic. But you know what I never learned in any science rock video? was the accomplishment of George Washington Carver. I also don't ever remember seeing any history rock videos about Harriet Tubman. I never saw any schoolhouse rock episodes about Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, the Civil War, or even slavery. Just, just think about that. Arguably one of the most consequential aspects of American history is nowhere to be found in the dozens of schoolhouse rock cartoons they created. And for the record, Neither were there any schoolhouse rocks about the Chinese building of the Transcontinental Railroad, uh, the Japanese internment camps of World War II, and don't get me started on the sanitized version of the pilgrims that they had. The pilgrims sailed the sea to find a place to call their own. In their ship Mayflower, they hoped to find a better home. Here we go, at the top of the class on a roll, and it's time to run it up, yeah you know. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't want to take away from what Schoolhouse Rock meant to a whole generation of us. For the most part, it was largely beneficial. I actually got extra credit in the seventh grade by reciting the preamble to the Constitution based on the fact that I memorized it from Schoolhouse Rock. And funny enough, my teacher specifically said that you cannot sing it. So I kind of sing it in my head and then recited it just uh, normally. Do you remember that episode of Happy Days? Uh, this was post-Jumping of the Shark, I believe, where Potsy was able to pass a math test because he made up a song to go with it. 
That was pretty much the same thing I did to get extra credit on the preamble. I think the television show Blackish was looking to make amends for what Schoolhouse Rock lacked when it joined with The Roots to create a Schoolhouse Rock parody about slavery for Juneteenth during the season four premiere. I am a slave in the home of the brave, a product of the triangular trade. to the floor, yeah, on a roll, here we go, here we go. Not only was my generation and the ones before it denied a comprehensive teaching of American history, there are some people today looking to actively prevent any education that would essentially make white people feel bad about the actions of their forefathers. I have no doubt that if you're listening to this podcast, you're in the demographic that follows the news of how right-wing conservative movements fired up by the media outlets like Fox News and politicians like Mitch McConnell and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis are fighting tooth and nail against critical race theory, the 1619 Project, or any Anything that smacks of revealing the hard and hurtful truths of America's past, especially the villains of that past are white people. And their hysteria is spilling into actual laws. Several states, including Florida, Idaho, and Iowa, have... What you're hearing are a series of clips from Trevor Noah's show where he pulled local news outlets reporting on the spread of laws across the country, particularly in the South and the Midwest, to ban education about critical race theory and other darker parts of the Civil War or Civil Rights Movement. African-American history is not taught adequately. What we learn essentially is a whitewashed history. Only 8% of seniors can identify slavery as a central cause of the Civil War. There is no national standard for what history is taught. Here we go, at the top of the class on a roll. I mean, y'all, this is getting so crazy. I was recently listening to an episode of This American Life, and they were talking about books that are being literally banned because they are either insinuating critical race theory or they're touching on race issues of civil rights or slavery or they're just even tangentially relating to topics of interracial dynamics between blacks and whites including the graphic novel new kid which is just about a black kid and a white school and how he comes about it's not like explicitly about racism like this is crazy what's going on in this country. Just this past January 18th, one day after Ron DeSantis was taking Martin Luther King Jr. quotes out of context on MLK Day, he backed Florida Senate Bill 168, which would essentially ban any education that would make any individual, quote, made to feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race. Unquote. I love how political correspondent Jess Levin on Vanity Fair put it. She writes, quote, quick question for the group. Despite constantly claiming liberals are easily triggered snowflakes, are Republicans actually the most ridiculously sensitive people on earth? Unquote. Today's episode of the show is publishing on February 1st. Besides being my son's birthday, it's also the first day of Black History Month, the month where we as a country remember the accomplishments of a handful of Black Americans from history. Admittedly, there is a tad bit of cynicism in my voice, because in some ways, I also feel like a number of prominent Black Americans who feel like having only one month century. to celebrate Black history we, we, we is ridiculous. We need, at this point, to get rid of Black History Month. That's the voice of Daryl Davis on Joe Rogan's podcast. Daryl has become famous as the black jazz and blues musician who has made a point of befriending KKK members and essentially helping them turn into decent non-racist human beings. It's almost magical how he does it. But Daryl is part of perhaps a growing number of black people who think Black History Month is in some ways hurting the cause because it limits the education and recognition of black achievement in this country. We only study black history in February. And each February, we study the same half a dozen people. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, Booker T. Washington, George Washington Carver, and one or two other ones. By the time we get through half a dozen, up, oh, our month is over. We did our black thing. Let's move on, right? And, and Daryl isn't the only one. I take issue with the fact that we only have it for one month. Mm -hmm. 
This is part of my conversation I had with JD and Yolanda about Black History Month. And like a lot of black folk, Yolanda feels like black history should go well beyond one month. When we come back after the break, we'll hear what she has to say. Perhaps the most common critique of Black History Month among black people is the fact that we have this one month to celebrate an aspect of history that is as quote unquote American as apple pie. Here's what Yolanda had to say. Black history is American history and American history is black history. I mean, you know, I've said before that unless you, you are a black immigrant, like an African immigrant mm -hmm. or Caribbean or whatever from some mm -hmm. other place, if you are black in America, mm -hmm. then you have probably been here longer than most any, uh, I mean, your heritage dates back longer than basically the vast majority of all Americans. Right. <laughs> because there aren't a ton of Americans who trace their heritage back to the original settlers. Mm-hmm. So if you're black and you're American, you are descendant of enslaved people who were here since the 1600s. Right. <laughs> so our experience and our lifetime and our contribution to this nation is enormous and dates back so many hundreds of years and is woven into the fabric of everything this nation is today. Mm -hmm. It's just that we were purposely, systemically erased from everything. And, and unfortunately, unlike Germany, our population is unwilling to face head on mm -hmm. our history and front it and, and know it and learn it, i.e., oh my God, we can't teach critical race theory. Right. So I, our history is history along with everybody else. Like I'm, I don't, I also don't want to erase, you know, other, we're, it's interwoven. We were here together. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like having it be this one month is kind of ridiculous. And I wish history in its entirety was taught, yeah. including like people like to say all the time too, you know, listen, well, I listened again to that cross in the 180 that you and I did, Ron, mm -hmm. and recalling that I had said, and I was like, oh, this is so very true. Like, people believe that they know and understand slavery and what right. happened during that time. Right. When, in fact, nobody really understands that right. period because it's well not really taught Mm -hmm. It's sort of, you know, you hear a little bit about it, you know, you see, you know, TV shows and movies that show enslaved people being whipped and picking cotton and all these things. Right. But, you know, I came to understand some things that I hadn't prior when I, you know, read some of and listened to the 1619 Project right. uh, podcast. And there's some very cogent great impactful american history tied to that time frame of 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 how this country was built you know what was the economy the agriculture you know how we became such a dominant nation um mm -hmm. in the world like all these things that are it's actually really important it's really mm -hmm. i mean it's devastating it's tragic all those things but it's very interesting and and enlightening about how america became america right yeah and that's been kept out of the history books because of a lot of different reasons like the shame of right. the period but also uh having the interest to not shine a light on how much economically is owed to black people right right <laughs> not only economically but how much credit of this nation becoming what it became because of the contributions of black people who mm -hmm. were here and working and not just in economically but culturally like the music the styles the everything you know yeah. so on the heels of what you just 
said, Yolanda, I wanted to play the clip from Morgan Freeman. It's really short, so it won't be that long. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? At this point, I played for JD and Yolanda this clip of an old 60 Minutes interview of Morgan Freeman by Mike Wallace. You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come well, on. What do you oh. do with yours? What, which month is White History Month? I'm Jewish. Okay. Which I'm month Jewish. is Jewish History Month? Uh, there isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No. I, 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 don't. I, I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black History is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Until... Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. So yeah. what I find interesting, I won't get a lot into it, but as you two may or may not remember, I referenced this interview in my book, uh, Dungeons and Durags, coming out this spring. And... In the context of the book, my character, played by me, who's me, is having this imaginary, for lack of a better word, because I don't want to spoil too much of it, this imaginary conversation with Morgan Freeman and asking him, well, why did he say this? In the book, it's kind of written as a critique of Morgan's statement. The, the first part was his comment on Black History Month, and then the second part was his comment on how to get rid of racism. I think I'm more down with his first comment than I am his second comment. Right, I agree. So his first comment is almost verbatim, which you just said. In fact, I think you just you said you think it's ridiculous that just one month, and everything he's saying is really on par with what you're saying. Like, yeah, black history is American <laughs> history. We should just teach the whole thing. It's ridiculous that it's relegated one month. You know, we can have a separate conversation about his comment about we end racism by just stopping to talk about it. I don't know about all of that. But (laughs) (laughs) as far as the Black History Month being relegated to one month and his comment, all that, I can see that. I can get with that. Looking at Morgan, uh, I just sent you links to Trevor Noah and Amber Ruffin, and they all seem to say, take a similar take where it shouldn't be just a month. It needs to be taught year round. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what Morgan was saying too. Like, look, I don't want just a week or whatever, and then you forget about us for the rest of the, right. the, the year. Right. It's like, it, it's a, it, I'm American. It's part of American history. And he takes offense to being sectioned out, cut off, and, you know, slid over to the side as a black American, not really a fully true American. Mm-hmm. And so he feels that he wants history taught year round. I think that's dead on. The clips that JD is referring to are a couple of clips that he shared where Trevor Noah and comedian Amber Rufflin shared thoughts and skits on the topic. The American history that's taught in schools is so whitewashed, we don't learn the real story. We learn that Abraham Lincoln said four score and seven years ago, but not that he said, I am not nor ever have been in favor of bringing about in any way the social and political equality of the black and white races. There must be the position of superior and inferior, and I am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. It's pretty crazy that most students in America are only taught about a handful of important black Americans. Because can you imagine if it were the other way around? Welcome everybody to White History 101. We start off with Thomas Jefferson, where it all began. And then, well, nothing really happened until Tom Hanks. Here's one look on Black History Month that I think, if I were to be a strong proponent for it, if I were to say, okay, this is where I think it does good. Because I think, I think the point's, you both made and that Morgan Freeman makes is good. I think the benefit of having a month that recognizes it is twofold. And it's and like, maybe this is the marketer in me. The truth of the matter is for some people, it's going to be their first introduction to black history for, and that in black people and other people who, who care about teaching black history throughout the whole year can continue making strides towards that. But at the end of the day, there are still going to be large swaths of people. The only time they'll get introduction to that is through Black History Month. A comparison I was going to make funny enough for this show is Christianity. So you think about the two big Christian holidays are Easter and Christmas. For a lot of people who are heathens, 
that's their first introduction to Christianity. Like it's it's those are the times, particularly Easter, that Christians use to get their heathen friends into church to get a little bit of the good word, right? The good book. With the hopes that beyond that they can carry on the conversations or they can carry on the relationship and they can later on indoctrinate them into the religion. I kind of see Black History Month as kind of like that where it's like it's an opportunity for people who otherwise would not be introduced to the accomplishments of black people to get that introduction and you know there are companies like the one I work for currently HubSpot and other companies that make it a big deal and that and there's all these specials coming out and the hope my hope is that it will spark the interest to to learn more about these people beyond february 28th or 29th if it's a leap year the hope is that there'll be a point in time when education mm -hmm. focuses on all american history not just white american history true or you know um you know most of the months of the year and they relegate one month to mm. black history and i think in march it's women's history month you know it's like it's yeah. crazy all these things should be talked concurrently not you just in one month mm -hmm. but to your point maybe we're not there yet and this whole ctr uh critical race theory crt, CRT sorry mm -hmm. crt critical race theory thing that's jumping off i'm all down for uh critical race theory if you're not targeting like again, I don't think you know any children should be said. Oh, you're you're guilty by association, mm -hmm. just because you're white, and you your family might have come over here in the '60s from Europe. You don't know, you know, so you might have right. nothing to do with it. But you still should learn the hist the real history of what went down at the at the place where you reside now. Right. Like if, if somebody got murdered in my house and raped, and all these crazy things happened, you know, all these horrific things happened in the building I moved into. I want to know the history of that shit. Right. I want to know what's going on, and it shouldn't be swept under the rug, and you know, no criminal well, charges. Here's another thing: I saw a tweet the other day. I think her, it was a white lady, and she, I think she was speaking either about her child, her children, or her grandchildren, and they had visited some museum or something like an African American museum. I think maybe they went to the one in D.C. or something. But her, the children learned about some major thing that happened like maybe it was like the Tulsa thing or mm -hmm. it wasn't exactly that but the children it was the first time they were learning about it and the, the children were angry that they had not yeah. ever been taught that so right. her point was my children or grandchildren want to know this history they they're upset that they're they were never taught this there, there's all these people who are trying to protect their children from <laughs> this history <laughs> but right. then you know there is a full contingent of people who want to know it here's the the issue that people take with it which is some of the tenets of critical race theory is that the systemization the systemic things of it is such that white people are privileged by it without even knowing it right even if they're not part of the people who are trying to push it exactly you know because there are those people who are specifically Mitch McConnell trying to push it right. so that they can benefit from it. Yeah. But then there's the whole everybody else who benefit by bystanding. And so there are people who don't want to be told I'm benefiting or my kids are benefiting or don't make me feel guilty. I'm not racist. I'm not doing this to people. I'm not calling pe people nigger, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And right. so don't you go teach this to my child and make my child feel bad because but the problem is or the challenge is they have this benefit that is built into the systems of our society that other people who are black or whatever you know other, right you know race do not have it's just it's built into it there's nothing wrong and it's actually needed that people are taught this and understand it so that we can dismantle it or if not dismantle it at least be aware of its existence <laughs>When we come back from the break, we're going to hear from a few guests who share their thoughts about Black History Month, including one person you at least expect. Don't go away.
I haven't f- figured out like my elevator pitch for this yet. <laughs> That's the voice of Colin Denny. Colin is a customer relationship expert at the video marketing company Wistia, a client of mine. He also happens to be the co-host of a podcast Wistia produces called A Better Workplace. It's a show that helps companies and organizations learn about and be inspired by diversity, equity, and inclusion topics. I was one of the producers of the show, and I invited Colin to share his thoughts about Black History Month. But it's one of those things where, like, you know that there's a lot of, like, super corny, like, corporate things that happen. And, like, you know, they they make, like, cute little banners and profile pictures that you can, you know, all that kind of shit. Right. At the same time, I'm going to take it because it is an opportunity to, like, celebrate us for an entire month. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, like, recently I've been trying to use it as an opportunity to, like, get people past the i have a dream speech this is like kind of in in tandem with with uh mlk day too right and like you know the the convenient pleasantries of black people mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and it doesn't and, and that's also to say that it doesn't even have to be like morbid like dark 1619 shit either like right it's, it's more just like get past the stuff that you've been hearing about as a convenient truth for the last however many years you've been alive because we started learning about that stuff when we're in like first grade right and like get into like what does it mean to celebrate black history right like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways to do that and so like i feel like it's a good opportunity now to like now more than ever considering the way the last two years have been with like social reckoning and everything Mm -hmm. people don't need help enjoying black culture (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know like nobody needs help with that because people have been doing that since we got here but i do feel like there's a difference between like enjoying black entertainment and celebrating black culture mm-hmm. Th- that's the what i the, the approach that i take with black history month there's always going to be like some corny aspect to it you know what i mean mm-hmm. shoe companies are going to make a bhm shoe and <laughs> apple will probably put out a watch face <laughs> you know right. like some 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 stuff like that but like and also it doesn't even have to be for other people like it's it's a month for us to just like sometimes i just love celebrating it and i mean like we want to celebrate it every day but like take those little moments of reflection and like dig a little deep within yourself too like how what you know what am i doing to like honor the legacy of people who came before me and everything I follow up Colin's statement with a question about the idea of every month being Black History Month. From the jump, I can dig it because I have a sweatshirt, actually, that uh, that a homie of mine made. Mm-hmm. You might have even seen it when we were doing uh, one of the podcast tapings, but it's just a it's just a hoodie that says more than February on it. <laughs> and I like it. He... Or the sweatshirt, rather, is like, it's is pretty like self-explanatory, right? Mm-hmm. Like Black history is more than just February. It's not like this carved out time. Mm-hmm. I guess it just depends on how you view it. Like what I was talking about when I was initially answering is it's like it's there. So here's what I'm going to do with it. Right. But like on a, on a larger scale, like I get it because it feels like not just with like Black History Month, but also like MLK Day and mm-hmm all these other specific things it's like we it almost feels like we had to do it out of necessity for people to acknowledge Mm -hmm. black people Mm -hmm. and like sadly what came of that is like people using it as the time to Mm -hmm. (laughs) acknowledge black people and then the other 11 and and of course it's the shortest coldest month of the year right so at least over here right not not 72 degrees over (laughs) here in beautiful la la land yeah la la land but but you know, black history is American history in every sense of the word. You cannot talk about American right. history without black people. You know, like right, yeah. From this country's inception, man. Like everybody loves to. I mean, you, I'm preaching the choir here, but everybody, everybody loves to like fantasize and romanticize the the founding fathers. Like you know, we were like side pieces on this journey, or like came into the picture late. But like we were here and building everything and like uh i i you know i this is not the first time i'm bringing this up so i really should have these stats memorized but i was listening to the 1619 podcast and they were talking about how uh at the height of american slavery the economy of slavery 
like outweighed the number two and three sources of like uh, of economies like by a wide margin so like really like black people built this country right that's just a fact this is not opinion and uh to your point like there is a, a a fallout of having a black history month because then it makes it feel like it's this auxiliary piece of what american history is mm-hmm. um rather than uh integral and crucial part of the story yeah no I it's think not that the backbone sense. you know like the, the backbone of the story It turns out that the tech world is a fantastic resource to get nuances and insightful thoughts about the black American experience. To that end, I also tapped a brother who works at the tech company HubSpot. It's a public company that creates one of the most popular sales, marketing, content management, and service platforms for businesses of all sizes. I personally do work in their HubSpot for startups division, but this brother I'm bringing on now is also in marketing and helped co-found Black at Inbound. It's a social networking event for black marketing professionals that got started from a hashtag he created at HubSpot's annual Inbound convention. If there's a black-related event going on at HubSpot, chances are you'll find Devin Bellamy involved, and he's a fellow black nerd to boot. I like your Deadpool. Is that Deadpool? I see there. Yeah, a little bit of a Deadpool fan. Small. What's your favorite Deadpool move? There's been two out, right? Yeah. Um, did you like the sequel? I did. I you did. did. It was it was fun. What I like most about it is that it was uh, uh, both Deadpool movies are just you know love letters for fans. After sharing about Deadpool and connecting on our mutual geekness, yeah. Devin and I go into how important it is for people of color and really all marginalized groups when your place of work takes seriously diversity inclusion and belonging or dinb as it's referred to at hubspot our entire employee manual kind of boils down to one sentence which is use good judgment yeah like i've been at organizations where a guy said um was like like, yeah man they're working me like a slave i'm surprised they haven't broken out the whips yet and wow and and it's like, and, but but he kept going, and he right. thought I couldn't hear him because I had my headphones on. Right. And but you know, it, and and I'm, I'm just going to give it out there. A lot of times, black people wearing headphones in the office, we ain't listening to nothing but everything around us. If you <laughs> right. think we ain't listening, well, we listening. And so, so we know how you really are. But the thing is, right. is that nothing would have happened to him unless I had complained. Yeah. Here at HubSpot. You can be in a room with two white people and be the third white person and say something, mm-hmm. you're going to hear back about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, we don't play that. We we are the same wherever we are, whoever yeah. we're around, we're our authentic selves. I had a new hire reach out to me because uh, she had seen me post on LinkedIn. Yeah. And she says, listen, bro, I got to know. Are black people here really as happy as they seem on LinkedIn? <laughs> and I'm like, we're actually happier. It's crazy. Like, like HubSpot, it is, it is the first place. No, it's not the first place I felt like I could be my authentic self because I'm always my authentic self everywhere I go. Good for you, man. Because I just stopped caring. But here. <laughs> I'm my authentic self, um, and it's encouraged and valued. Yeah. And and one of the things that I absolutely love is we as a company understand black professional trauma. Mm. And so people listening to the podcast won't uh, know because, you know, they haven't gone through the right. uh, onboarding. But there was actually a, a, a part in the diversity training about touching black women's hair and you don't do it yeah. like listen i i'm in the middle of onboarding having a church moment like hey come <laughs> on now <laughs> but the thing is the way they did it didn't feel weird right like and like yeah let's talk about this uncomfortable thing before we get back to our normal stuff right it's like no this is normal stuff. this is the normal stuff exactly and it's it is it's 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 fantastic it's yeah absolutely yeah it's totally cool now for the record 
I'm not including this section to be a recruiting commercial for HubSpot. I'm including it to illustrate the profound impact on POCs when an organization makes them feel like their differences are accepted and encouraged. Where, sure, the company may celebrate Black History Month or Women Appreciation Month or Pride Month, etc., but the rest of the year they continue to have activities and resource groups for people in those communities. It is such a no-brainer for attracting and keeping great talent. Devin and I talked a lot about Black History Month. He personally loves it, feels it's something the country needs, and he proudly celebrates it. Growing up, like, I didn't know a lot about Black history. I didn't know there was Black history mm -hmm. because, you know, I would read in world history class everything about Napoleon, everything about the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. everything about what was world history was actually a chapter on Asia, 90% uh -huh. of the book on Europe, and then two, I'm sorry, one paragraph on how the Moors came up north and revolutionized how things happened in Europe by simple things like building architecture, math, and hygienic uh, hygiene. But it's right. like, that, that was a paragraph? <laughs> and I remember... Even as a child, rereading and rereading and rereading that paragraph because that was the only time I saw myself in these textbooks, and I, right. I didn't, I couldn't articulate that at the time. But that's why that paragraph resonated with me. I know that now is because it's like, oh, now I'm reading about me and my people, wow. like, and so those were the kinds of things that I struggled with growing up. And so Black History Month, a lot of times, was the only bit of blackness that I would get mm. um, about learning things about learning that George Washington Carver, uh, contrary to what my third grade teacher told me, did not invent peanut butter. He in, uh, invented new ways of breeding and creating plants. And like there would be no Monsanto or Monsanto without George Washington Carver. Mm. Like everything that you eat today that, believe it or not, didn't actually exist but prior because of the cross-pollination of different that was george washington carver mm. the fact that he uh got people into rotating crops that the fact that certain crops uh affect soil differently which is why you need to rotate them and then why peanuts are like this amazing superfood um but oh you know peanut butter no no that's not the case right. and but if it weren't for black history month i wouldn't know that and mm. so that's me as a black person Mm. Now, imagine a white person who isn't surrounded by black people or oversees right. black people in passing. They might know a black person, but they don't know black people. Mm -hmm. And so not only does it Black History Month, in my opinion, give us visibility as a people, but it gives us visibility as people. It tells our story and tells people it's like, yes, there's the whole history that you don't know about that's not going to be overlooked or whitewashed or isn't going to fade with time right there are so many things um and so many impacts both within our community and then the country and the world that people aren't aware of mm -hmm. that happen because of black people and what that does is to me that gets people to look at us differently Mm -hmm. and 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 not just black history like looking back on what we have done but look at what we're doing and so we don't get uh we don't get wasted mm -hmm. i love the fact that even though people may not accept it we will be red black and green for 28 days <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it right Real quick, your thoughts on the fact that we, one, we got the shortest month, and two, a lot of people, even though the, this is not said overtly, it's like, okay, February is over. We don't have to focus on Black History stuff anymore. We can move on. Well, they can move on, sure. <laughs> yeah. But in my house, we have Marcus Garvey books. Mm -hmm. So uh, as the Christians say, as for me and my house, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. so I change the world by changing my world. I like, that. and I encourage people to do the same. Yeah, and the more uh, white people who do that, fantastic. But I'm not trying to put the world on my shoulders. I mm. have five children, 
and four of them are young black men. Mm. And so my responsibility, first and foremost, to them, to educate them so they are prepared for the world, but then they also don't buy into the BS that the world is trying to tell them about themselves. Now, I thought it would be fun to get a wide perspective on this topic from a number of people. So before we finish up, I wanted to include this conversation I had with my girlfriend who brings her own unique perspective. The audio sounds a little different because I sort of sprung the topic on her while we were eating lunch outside on her patio. This is from my iPhone recording. Uh, so we're going to throw some Black History Month. We should have it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a joke. As you know, like the way I kind of think about it is like, I think every, you know, every day we should be really thinking about these things. And at the same time, we're not in that place yet. Mm -hmm. So I do think having like intentional space, right? Um, and resources dedicated to celebrating Black mm -hmm. History um, is really important. I think, you know, unfortunately, we're not at a place where it's part of our everyday right. thinking and doing and being, right? So, you know, having that very special like time, um, mm -hmm. yeah, to celebrate. Is there equivalent for Asian history? OMG, are you serious right now? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, you definitely need these months. <laughs> is there an Asian? Oh my gosh, a oh, yeah, there is Asian American History Month. Yes, I remember, because I remember watching the PBS special last Yeah, year. there are, so every month there's probably something. <laughs> you, I think you're just missing. Then they have Latino Heritage I Month. I know that. Uh, they have Pride. Pride month, I know that one. Yeah, so there's a lot of different, yeah, so Asian folks, they have theirs too. What month is yours? <laughs> <laughs> OMG. I think you can look it up in Google. Uh, for the record, it's May. Okay, back to our conversation. But the fact that you just asked me that question makes but, me really sad. No, wait, wait. I do know that there is. I just momentarily forgot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Asian but, people are people too. People of color. I know that. Yeah, but they've also experienced um, systemic I, I, oppression. They've had sure. a lot of injustice yeah. happen. What's interesting is, like, you know, even at my age, I'm still learning about right. the really horrible things. Uh, that yeah. have happened in the U.S. to Asian people, Asian people, Chinese people, Japanese people, a lot of, you know, a lot of Asian folks. But I think even locally, even mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, even after this conversation, I'm realizing I think it is important to have that, create that space to celebrate right. uh, different cultures, different people. You know, when we watched that, those documentaries last year about, there was that whole series about Asian American history. A lot of that being eye-opening for me in terms of again, there's I think there's a lot of general things I think people will know about. Oh, you knew about you know Chinese people building the railroads and and how the some of the issues they went through, but you didn't really know the the, the extent mm -hmm. of the bad conditions. A lot of people I don't think know the extent. I don't think a lot of people know the extent of how bad the Japanese are doing. It's, it surprises me when I actually meet people that don't even know that that happened. The, the, that did happened? not know the Japanese internment. Yeah. Right. I can't believe it happened. And that wasn't that long no, ago. No, my Those aunt, who was married, she was Japanese, obviously. Yeah. Um, she married my uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned as an adult, she shared about her experiences. Wow. Um, as a young person having to go mm -hmm. to a camp and show pick me pictures and stuff like that. And I so I grew up for a long time not even knowing that she and her family wow. um, were in the camps. But um, yeah, it hit really close to home. So even my Chinese girlfriend was surprised to learn about aspects of her people's history late in life. And sadly, this is all too common a story among people of color. 
Our very history, the stories that are sown in our very DNA have been for generations diluted, if not entirely wiped away. But slowly and surely, we're getting them back. We're learning the truth, revealing and unveiling whole new perspectives of how to relate to one another. And for some people, it's scary. It feels like something is being taken away from them. But the truth is, you are being given a gift. Every time you learn something new about people in a community different than yours, you grow. Your mind expands. You become more empathetic, more compassionate, more, dare I say, human. So yes, every month is Black History Month, and Asian History Month, and Indigenous People History Month, and Latino History Month. So go, educate yourselves and embrace knowledge. And happy American History Month. Stay tuned after the credits for a brief history of the origin of Black History Month and a fun post-credit scene outtake. The Dungeons and Durex podcast is a production of Blade Runner Media and Bonnie and Clyde Productions and is part of the Ebony Covering Black America podcast network. This episode was written, produced, and edited by Ron Dawson. Special thanks to my Black BFFs and podcast peeps, JD and Yolanda Cochran, no relation to Johnny. JD creates and edits our social media audiograms. Music used in the show was licensed from Artlist, as well as Creative Commons songs from freemusicarchive.org. All the television and YouTube clips are copyrighted to their respective parties and are used under fair use. Check out the show notes for information on copyright holders. If you like the show, do all the podcasting things. You know, rate, review, share with your friends and family, and let us know what you think of the show. Shoot us an email at podcast at dungeonsandurags.com. You can even send us a voicemail message on our website at dungeonsandurags.com slash podcast. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your thoughts or stories, we just may read it on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Ron Dawson and on Instagram at Blurred Runner. I write about race, religion, the creative arts, and business on Medium at rondawson.medium.com. JD is on Twitter at thatjdcochran, and Yolanda is at rat in a wheel with all the words separated by underscores. That's it for now. Stay safe out there, and remember, having white privilege is not bad. Denying it is, and in the absence of biblical certainty, choose love. See you in two weeks. I'm curious to know, like, how many black people know the actual history of Black History Month? I had to look it up myself to see yeah. how it originated. Yeah, so did I. But then, what, 1916? 1915. Or, yeah, what's he? Do you remember his name? Yeah, Carter Goodson. And, and yeah, Carter had, G- it was like. It was Black History Month, but then they finally no, got it. Week. Right. It was week. No, it was week. Month, week. He did a month, I thought, was something. No, so this is what it was. Becky, Carter, it became a week. Carter G. Goodson. So Carter G. Goodson started in 1915. Yeah. Um, it was the 50th anniversary of um, the emancipation. Yeah, emancipation. Yeah. And he, it's funny because a lot of people tease or you hear a lot of comedians black comedians joke about how they gave us the shortest month of the yeah month mm-hmm. there was the month was chosen by a black man and it was chosen as week and he specifically chose it because it was the month of abraham lincoln and frederick Douglass's birthday yes which at the time was highly celebrated by black people for obvious reasons and yeah. so it was originally just a week like in a week to recognize the accomplishments of black people and one of the crit one of the criticisms he had at the time was that people were focusing it around these two men abraham lincoln from freeing the slaves and he was like well first of all lincoln didn't free the slaves the union army which was made up of a whole bunch of black people are the ones who freed the slaves yeah. and on top of that he didn't he never intended it to be a celebration of just these two men it was supposed to be a celebration of black accomplishments and black people throughout the country and then eventually get spread to a month but what i found interesting in my research was that gerald ford this is according to history channel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gerald ford was the first president to actually designate it <clears throat> yes as an official month 
month of all in people. 1976 in 76 yeah, yeah. of all of okay, all people. you guys remember that i i sort of remember that was no, a big remember. good a big thing when I was a kid, like, oh, we're finally gonna have like history months. I remember, I remember, I don't remember that it was that was it becoming official, but I remember there being a big deal about Black History Month around that time frame. So it must mm-hmm. have been that must have been what yeah. it was. Of that, yeah. like, oh, like, oh, yeah. Black History Month. Like there was a lot of talk and chatter and focus about Black History Month, and it was during around that time. So that's probably what I'm remembering, and not. Not recalling that it became official because of Gerald Ford. Yeah, yeah and he's quoted as saying, uh, "Was creating it to see the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of Black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history." Right. Things you learn about Republicans. So we're yeah Republicans. Then we're we're uh, we're, uh, we're we're dating ourselves. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you dating yourself? We're, we're recalling when this happened. It were sixties. Like you were born in sixty eight. I was sixty nine. So we. I right. am not a child of the sixties. I will just say mm. right now. Were you born in seventy? <laughs> yeah, she, she just made. You it. could make. Some people would say seventy is the last decade of the sixties. Like the 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 decade that has the zero is the last, the last year. year of the uh, I don't. Year, I never year, go by that. Year that has the the zero has the yeah, part of yeah. the previous decade. Yeah, yeah, I never go by that. One of my pet peeves is when people, like when they turn the year and they start talking about that years, they'll say, "As I enter my fiftieth year, like on their fiftieth birthday, they'll say, as I enter my fiftieth right. year.'" Yeah, yes. right. She ain't a kid of the 50s. I ain't letting her in the club. Is she no? Club. You're missing my point. I'm just making a, a totally moot. No, I got your point. What's my point? I, I got your point. What's my point? Well, you were talking about someone could use zero and include that as the as part of the. No, deck. that was not. That's not a point. Oh. My point was just a pet peeve I have of my persnickiness, I guess. When someone enters to like they become fifty, is an example, and they say, "As I enter my fiftieth year, I I am now going to be looking forward." When the truth is, they're entering their fifty-first year. year. They just finished their fiftieth year. Yeah. And I always want to go on Facebook and say, "Well, technically." (laughs) (laughs) I agree, Ron. I'm with. I'm with you. Technically, it's your fifty-first. You're entering your fifty-first year. Like when you're born, you're entering your first year. When you were one month old, (laughs) anyway. Right. Right. That's not the point of this conversation. Um, <laughs> I'll talk about that. I'm sure. Well, but it's perfect for yeah. this conversation.